welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 89 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I'm a weight loss coach for physicians who struggle with emotional and binge eating. I'm also a practicing family physician and obesity medicine physician, and I have been through my own weight loss struggles. I struggled with emotional eating for so many years of my career without being able to figure it out. And it was these coaching tools that I now use with my clients that made a complete difference to my life, my eating, and my weight. I was able to lose 55 pounds and have now been maintaining it for a couple of years. More importantly, my approach to food and weight is just 100% different from how it was in all those years that I struggled the struggle is just simply gone. And that's what I help my coaching clients with. If you're interested in coaching, or you just want more help to figure this out for yourself. And honestly, if you are feeling tired of the energy you've put in trying to figure this out for yourself, then coaching is a really good idea. There are two ways that you can work with me. I work with a limited number of private one-on-one clients. Spaces to this is limited. Uh, And to learn more about that, you can go to the work with me page on my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, and uh, you can book a free introductory session for us to have a chance to talk one-on-one about what that would might, might look like. The other way that I work with physicians is I do group sessions, a group program focused around emotional stress eating for physicians. Uh, I think that is an amazing option because it gives you all the benefits of the coaching plus a community of like-minded peers who are going through similar things. And there is power in that. Uh, For the group coaching that I offer, I will be opening up enrollment in the fall for a new program. And if you want to be notified as soon as I open up that enrollment, make sure your name's on the wait list. That's at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS. All right, today we are talking about binge eating disorder and binge eating. Now, last week I talked to Dr. Vera Tarman about food addiction. um, And so I thought today would be a good uh, time to approach binge eating. Uh, We have talked about binge eating on the podcast before. I did interview Lauren Siesco, who is a coach that focuses on binge eating for everybody, not just physicians. That's one of the earlier episodes, so check that out if you haven't listened to it already. But like food addiction, I think binge eating really warrants people talking openly about it. It is hallmarked by shame and um, keeping it to yourself. So I work with a lot of physician clients who have binge eating um, and how significant that binge eating is arranged. And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, But they are all hallmarked by this is something that they don't discuss with anybody else. Uh, I think particularly as physicians, there's that sense that this shouldn't be happening to us. We should figure it out, uh, those sorts of thoughts. 
And the reality is they get in your way of actually finding help and figuring it out. So as a community and as a society, I think we need to talk about this more. It's not talked enough about um, there's a lot of people who struggle with binge eating and never get any help about it. And the more we open the discussion, the better for this. I just want to remind you, um, this episode is not meant to diagnose binge eating disorder, nor is it meant to provide treatment for binge eating disorder. It is educational, um, and I hope to open the conversation. But if you feel that you might have binge eating disorder, I encourage you to seek out your own physician to get the help that you need. So let's start with the definition because there is a DSM-5 definition for binge eating disorder. Uh, There is diagnostic criteria. Now, not all binge eating is binge eating disorder. Uh, Some people identify with binge eating but don't meet criteria for binge eating disorder. And, you know, I honestly am not sure if it matters that much. Often there is a degree of like frequency and volume uh, that makes the difference, but whether you identify with binge eating or you have an official diagnosis of binge eating disorder, likely you are feeling very out of control with your eating. And I think that's what matters. Uh, You probably also are feeling a lot of like failure and shame about your eating. And I think that is what matters. I don't think it matters so much exactly which label we put on it. It may matter for accessing help. um, But for the purposes of this conversation, I think it's applicable to everything. And I think if you don't have binge eating, if you don't struggle with binge eating, a lot of what I'm talking about is also applicable to emotional eating. They're all part of a continuum. It's a spectrum of eating behaviors. So if you don't feel like you binge eat, it doesn't mean that there's nothing here for this episode. I'd encourage you to listen and see what you can take away to apply to your own eating. So the official definition of binge eating is eating an amount of food in a discrete period of time that is larger than most people would eat in similar circumstances. This occurs at least one time per week for three months, and it's associated with a sense of lack of control and distress after the eating. So those are the hallmarks. So eating a large amount of food in one sitting, it happening recurrently, Uh, feeling out of control while it happens and having a lot of negative emotions afterwards is how I think about it. I think binge eating is really interesting because there are some important points to be aware of. When people are in it, they are very focused on what they do and don't eat. Like that's where your brain wants to focus is it wants to beat you up for what you already ate. It wants to plan for what you are going to eat. And uh, a lot of this fits into my first topic that I wanted to talk about, which is the binge restrict cycle. So the binge restrict cycle is a classic way that people with binge eating's brain approaches food. And it it holds them in the, the binge eating behavior. So what will happen for somebody with binge eating is they will have a binge or overeat. Um, they will feel really remorseful. And during that remorse or right after, then their brain immediately flips to, okay, I have to be really careful tomorrow. Now I have to get really back on my plan and often will flip to the overly restrictive side of that. So, you know, the plan becomes more restricted. The amount of food, okay, I overate tonight, so I have to eat less tomorrow to make up for it. So the restriction 
from a mental standpoint, I think is meant to make up for the food that that has already been overeaten. But the problem is then when somebody with binge eating starts the day uh, feeling very focused on restriction, that they have to be careful, they have to make up or atone for mistakes they made the, the night before. And they start being really careful, really limit their food, you know, maybe still feel slightly hungry, but don't eat more because they're wanting to lose weight. Then that kicks your brain into a lot of thoughts about being deprived, being restricted. And what ends up happening then is those thoughts build up along with the normal stresses and things that happen throughout your day. And at some point, it will cross a threshold where uh, the person will end up binging again. Um, and so it's the it's that combination of that restriction with thoughts about restriction, thoughts about de- deprivation, and kind of just normal day-to-day stresses building up that ends up with the binge. And then as soon as that binge is over, your brain goes right back into the restriction. So when we're dealing with binge eating, one of the biggest things is stepping out of that binge restrict cycle. And I'm going to talk about that. The biggest piece of this is understanding from a thought model perspective, what creates the restriction? And what creates the feeling of being out of control? Both of those are your thoughts. So it's not the food that you choose to think. It's all the thoughts that you're having about how little you need to eat and what you can't eat. That's what creates the restriction feeling. The feeling out of control comes from thoughts of being out of control. And often those thoughts are based on past evidence of how you have felt in previous episodes of eating where you felt out of control, um, but they then perpetuate that feeling it out of control. So, you know, if you have a belief, a thought that you are out of control around certain foods, or once you start a binge, you can't stop, those sorts of thoughts add to the being out of control. And so when we're looking at this from a coaching perspective, really recognizing where the thoughts are playing a role and how we can step in and just tweak them slightly to make differences and totally um, start to change the conversation internally, which then helps you get out of these cycles. The second part about binge eating that is so important is binge eating is not about the food. Our brain wants to focus so badly on the food and focus on, you know, what have I eaten? What should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? Maybe there's a better plan out there that will make this all better. None of it's true. If you have binge eating, if you don't address the underlying causes that contribute to the binge eating, you can eat any diet you want and you'll probably end up having binges on it and then end up feeling, you know, frustrated, feeling a bit like a failure and end up uh, going off of it. The way I like to think about binge eating is the binge eating behavior is your brain's attempt at solving a problem with food. So that problem is not food related, but over time your brain has learned to connect food to that problem. And so it's trying to solve something that can't be solved with food, with food. And the problem is, is that it actually does work for the short term. And so your brain does get positive feedback that that worked. That, you know, if I ate chips or ate sugar when I was feeling totally overwhelmed, 
that worked, but it works for a short time. And then your brain's like, okay, well, that worked, but it just didn't last. So maybe I need to eat more of it. Maybe I need to have more. And then that's what starts building up the the volume and um, and the repetitive eating. So often what happens in a binge is you start with something and then you're like, okay, I need something else. Now I need something else. And it's I, the way I think about it is it has to do with that, that your brain's like, okay, that worked a little bit. Maybe if we eat a little bit more, maybe we just haven't eaten the right thing to fix this. But the reality is the problem it's trying to fix can't be fixed by food. So you're constantly stuck in that cycle. So a big piece of understanding binge eating disorder, if this is an issue for you, is you have to figure out what's driving it. And it won't be food related. It's going to be something that may happen earlier in the day. It might be about thoughts you have throughout the day about things that are going on in your life. Uh, There's so many different things that can drive it and you need to figure those out for yourself and then work on addressing those instead of working on trying to address the food. So when we just try to struggle with that food and really focus on the food, it's hard and it feels very difficult and it creates that kind of easy to buy into the binge restrict cycle and things like that versus when you really work on finding those underlying drivers and addressing them then the urge to binge really settles down and those urges that you have do start to become easier to manage in the moment Um, but you you really do have to find what's going on and what's driving them Um, and that those answers are going to be different for everybody um Number three is there needs to be no shame about binge eating. I think that's true of any eating, any weight. The shame we carry about our weight and our eating holds us back. It holds us in these patterns. And that is, there's no place where that's more true than with binge eating. So, and like I said, that is a big reason why I keep talking about it as a topic um, because it needs to just be something that just is. It's not a failure. It's not a sign of something going wrong. It's not something that only you haven't figured out yet. There's a lot of people that haven't figured this out. And it just needs to be just something. Just like some of us have a bit of high blood pressure. Um, You know, some of us get a bit anxious. Uh, in certain situations and might feel comfortable talking to people about that. The biggest thing, like I don't mean you have to talk to people about your binge eating. Um, that might not feel safe depending on who you're talking to. But the big piece is, is you need to talk nicely to yourself about your binge eating. You need to accept that it's just a behavior, that it's your brain trying to fix something. Nothing's gone wrong. And all you need to do is be curious and compassionate about it and help your brain figure it out in a more constructive manner. When we indulge into all that negative thinking and all that um, tough love stuff that we do to ourselves, when we constantly feel that we're not measuring up because of some food choices that we've made, that just triggers further binges. It creates this background stress that builds and builds and builds And then you have a binge to deal with it because that is how your brain has decided it is the easiest way to deal with discomfort or problems it can't figure out. So the stress that you create by saying 
tough stuff to yourself after a binge actually creates a problem that your brain then tries to solve with a binge. So be nice to yourself. I say this so much on this podcast. And honestly, it is, I think, one of the most important things. There is no benefit to beating yourself up about this. And I know you may struggle with that. You may feel that if you're nice to yourself about this, you will just go off the rails and get really out of control. I hear that a lot. But hear it from me that that's not true. I'm going to give you tools to work on that. But one of the biggest first steps is be nice to yourself. Give yourself grace. Give yourself compassion. And let yourself not be perfect. Because the reality is when you're working on binge eating, even when you have a coach, it doesn't mean everything goes perfectly at first. It doesn't even mean everything goes perfectly long term. Really, what it means is that the quantity and the quality of the binges change. And the experience of that being out of control in the binge changes. But sometimes things still happen. So when you're learning these tools, and when you're practicing them, it would be normal that you probably will still have some binges. And that's okay. That's just part of this process. Those are great opportunities to learn and understand what's going on in your brain. The other reality is, as you've gotten treatment for binge eating, uh, if you've done some coaching or things like that, there may still be things that happen in your life that trigger a binge. It doesn't mean that you're destined for failure. It doesn't mean that everything's going to come back. It just means in that particular moment, some old thought habits and old behaviors came back and you just have to focus back down on what works for you. Okay, so let's talk specifically about my approach for binge eating. And this is what I use when I'm working with uh, coaching clients who have binge eating. Um, And it's what I've learned over the years of working with people and understanding this from a coaching perspective. So this is more from my uh, coaching background rather than the obesity medicine background. Because honestly, like in obesity medicine, we're taught to use cognitive behavioral therapy as the mainstay for binge eating disorder. Um, And that's essentially what coaching is. There's very, you know, a lot of similarities But there's not, what I found anyways in my um, obesity medicine training is there wasn't a lot of real practical, like, okay, this is exactly how you do it. And so it's tools and approaches that I've had to develop myself that I find work uh, with the clients that I work with. So my number one approach is abundance. If the hallmark of binge eating is binge restrict cycle, then we counter that with abundance. So restriction comes from your thoughts. So does abundance. You could eat the same food and you could think one way about it and feel restricted, or you could think another way about it and feel abundant. So what I often work with my clients is when we're choosing thoughts and we're working on new thoughts about food that we're choosing to eat, we try to find thoughts that feel more abundant than restrictive. Uh, The the restrictive thoughts come really easily. Sometimes the abundant thoughts, uh, you know, take a little bit more practice. And, you know, which thoughts are those? Well, it's so different from everybody. Because thoughts are so personal, because, you know, how a thought influences your feelings and whether or not it's believable is really variable. So I don't have exact thoughts that I know are going to work for you. But 
what I'd suggest is that you do brainstorming and you ask yourself, you know, how could I think about the way I'm choosing to eat that would make me feel abundant? Um, one thing which uh, comes into my point number two is I often start people off who have binge eating with eating more earlier in the day to stabilize their appetite. So we step away from that binge restrict cycle by purposefully eating more of foods that don't increase appetite. So choosing foods that are not processed, that are whole food, generally lower carb, a little bit higher fat, so that the appetite and hormones like ghrelin and things like that are more stabilized uh, starting earlier in the day. So sometimes a thought that can work for abundance is I'm choosing to eat more earlier in the day. That can feel abundant instead of if you're used to thinking I really have to be careful tomorrow, thinking I need to eat more, I need to make sure I'm fully satisfied by my meals today might feel abundant. Um, recognizing your ability to make food choices sometimes can feel abundant because you're used to so, you know, that swing between restricted and out of control. So, you know, there's lots of different ways you can approach it. But really, I think this is going to take you just brainstorming for yourself. How could I feel more abundant about the food I'm choosing to eat? So this is an important piece of this is it doesn't mean that you eat absolutely everything to feel abundant. Because remember, the abundance does not come with, from the food you're eating. You could eat almost everything you wanted to and not feel abundant. And I would argue you probably already are, right? Like if you're having binges during that binge, you're eating almost everything you want to and you're probably not feeling abundant during it. So it's not the type of food or the amount of food that you eat that gives you the abundance. It's how you think about the food that gives you the abundance. That's super, super important. It's the thoughts that matter. The thoughts are what give you restriction or abundance. So like I said, point number two is eating early, more earlier in the day. So the brain will want to restrict and be extra careful earlier in the day. You need to just make sure that you're feeding yourself healthy, satisfying foods that make you feel satisfied and step away from the restriction. Every time your brain's like, I need to be extra careful, you counter it with, no, I need, I'm purposely eating more in these earlier days. And what most people find is if they eat more of foods that don't increase their appetite, so not processed foods, not high carbohydrate foods, earlier in the day, in the evening, there is an element of the eating that feels more out of, more in control. Um, so eat more earlier in the day. Number three is own all eating as a choice. And I think this is really important because, like I said, the thoughts of being out of control, all the memory of all the other times you felt out of control with your eating, your brain uses that as evidence and it teaches you that you're out of control with your eating. And all of that is a thought. What I find very effective is practicing owning every food choice as a choice. If you binge, if you eat, you know, a whole pizza, a bag of chips, ice cream, whatever it is that you eat, recognize that that was a choice. I chose to eat those foods. And the reason why I'm saying this is because it, number one, neutralizes it a little bit. It helps you move away from some of that negative thinking um, a little bit more easier. Uh, plus, again, it puts you back in the driver's seat. So even if you may not think it was the best choice you made, if you recognize that it was a choice, that gives you a bit more power. When we think that we had no choice but to eat food 
and that we're completely out of control when we're eating food, things like that, that's disempowering. It takes away your power. So recognizing that all food is a choice and also using this for the quote unquote healthier options that you choose to eat. So even when you think you've made good food choices, thinking of them as that was a choice and trying to label all eating as a choice to give it a little bit more of a neutral, less polarized feeling in your body um, can be really powerful. And you may need practice with this one. Um, It may feel a little bit uncomfortable at first, but I do encourage you to try it out and just be like, okay, that was a choice. I made a choice. Or even, you know, if you, if you kind of are having, you know, that battle inside your head about whether or not you're going to overeat or not, whether or not you're going to eat food off your plan or not, and you've decided you're going to, like you already, you're getting the food or you're making action towards getting the food. If that's your decision, again, think, you know what, I am currently, I am choosing to eat this food today. And again, it's not about saying it in a way that gives you shame. It's just a way in owning the choice and empowering you. So yeah, maybe there's some days where you've had a really stressful day. And even though you know that there's other tools you could use to deal with that stress, in that moment, you are choosing to use food to deal with it. That's your choice. You're an adult, but own that choice because it's far more empowering if you own that choice than if you tell yourself something else about it. If you own every choice, then it makes it easier. You know, maybe the next time you won't make the same choice. It might be slightly different and it might move you towards the goals that you're working on. All right, number four is find the underlying drivers. And this is the biggest topic. I can't tell you what they are because there's so many of them and they're so personalized. And some, you know, you might, they might surprise you when you really look into this. But if you're doing this on your own, you need to develop some form of self-coaching or journaling practice where you can kind of evaluate what's going on in your mind. Uh, writing down your thoughts so that they're not slip sliding around in your head and you can actually look at them and decide if those thoughts are, uh, you know, helpful, if they're contributing to eating later in the day um, and really start to understand them. So the way you do this, if you're doing it on your own, is you sit down and you just write out, okay, what's going on in my mind? What am I thinking about today? And like I said it earlier in the podcast, I would suggest you don't necessarily focus on the food. You can, but the food is like the, you know, further down the path. If if you're starting to kind of crave food, there's probably something else that's been driving it. So I would move even further back and kind of ask yourself, you know, what's bothering me today? The other option when you're doing, um, if you're working on journaling and self-coaching is not every every journal has to be about things that aren't going well or things you're trying to problem solve. Sometimes you can journal about what is going well. Because again, when you have things like binge eating, your brain blanket <laughs> blankets things. It just wipes everything with the same color brush and will say, I am horrible with my eating. But the reality is you're probably not completely off track. It's probably there's these moments where you feel really out of control and your brain paints kind of over the moments where you actually are in control. So sometimes doing self-coaching and journaling where you actually focus on what is going well, what did go well, why did that go well? You know, if you have an episode where you didn't eat um, in an environment where you might have normally eaten, 
uh, sitting down and writing, okay, what worked for me in there? What, why did that feel easier than it usually did? And learning in that um, perspective as well, because when we're learning all these and when binge eating is so tied to uh, shame and all the negative emotions, it can be really easy to think all the learning has to be negative. It all has to like rehash all the painful stuff. And yes, there probably is some of that that you might end up doing, but you can also get a lot of benefit from rehashing the positive stuff. You can make a lot of momentum and change in your behavior by redirecting your brain and focusing on the positive stuff. If I had to pick certain topics about uh, that trigger a lot of eating for physicians and probably non-physicians as well, but uh, the top topics would be, number one would be imposter syndrome of some form. So essentially feeling like they are not measuring up in some form work uh, as a parent, uh, as a spouse, um, you know, as a a member of the community, member of the medical staff. There's so many different ways this shows up. Um, That is a chronic stress that drives a lot of eating for physicians. Uh, Also, scarcity of time would be the other big one, feeling like there's not enough time and going through your days constantly feeling like there's too much work and not enough time again, creates a lot of stress that you then carry with you throughout your day, day after day after day. And at some point, your brain's like, you haven't solved this any other way. So let's solve it with food. And it and it has a binge or overeats to try to just manage that. So when you're starting to look at this for yourself, those would be good areas to look at. Um, And again, when you're doing this thought work, you write down what's going on in your mind. Um, And then you look at the thoughts that you're having and you ask yourself, is that how I actually want to talk, think about this situation? You know, is it serving me to think I always have too much work to do and there's not enough time? Or is there a different thought that would serve me? Does it serve me to think that I'm not measuring up and that everybody, you know, does better or knows more than me? Is that a useful thought? Or would I choose to think something different about it? All right, so I'm going to summarize the approach. So number one is abundance, choosing thoughts and intentionally developing thoughts that feel abundant about the food choices you're making. I love the feeling of abundance in the setting of binge eating. Number two is eating more earlier in the day uh, so that your appetite is more stabilized. So you're not dealing with eating related to stress plus hunger hormones because you've been so restrictive earlier in the day and that helps you get out of that binge restrict cycle by purposely saying no I'm actually eating more because I had a binge last night I am eating more to stabilize this appetite number three is own all your eating as a choice so you take the power back it is so important for you to own the power in your food choices number four is find the underlying drivers and work on them either with a coach And to be honest, if you really struggle with binge eating, I think it is a challenge to do this on your own. I do think having some form of coach or therapist who can use cognitive behavioral therapy and other tools is useful for you. Um, But if you're working on this on your own, what it will take is you doing something routinely and building the practice of regularly looking at how your mind is approaching all different aspects of your your life so you can find the different aspects and the different thought patterns 
that build more stress or other negative emotions that end up with you wanting to eat and systematically then addressing each of those as you find them. All right. I hope that that was helpful for you guys. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know uh, what your thoughts are, what things were useful, or if you have other tools that have helped you with binge eating. Info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. If you are enjoying this podcast, please hit subscribe and I would love it if you could share it. I think particularly this episode, because it's on a topic that nobody talks about, if it could get shared more widely just to open the conversation, I think that would be amazing. All right. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.